With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You are now listening to The War Report Podcast Network. What is everybody? Welcome back to the College Loop Podcast, episode 172 of the College Loop Podcast. I am Don Lark at your boy Tank on Twitter. I am here joining Mr. Harrison Tar. Tar, how you doing, buddy? Back in action, dude. Ready, ready to be back. Um, glad to glad to be here. Good for the mental. Um, good for us to have a chance to catch up. And uh, I'm ready to talk some Auburn ball. I'm gonna jump into it here in a second. Want to go ahead and tell everybody right now. I'm gonna scare people off, Dylan. I'm sorry. I'm just gonna go ahead and just let this cat out of the bag. We had a really Dylan and I had a really good heart to heart for this. Like. We are friends outside of the show. Um, we had a really good heart-to-heart. We're going to lead today with basketball instead of football like we usually do. Um, some of you guys aren't going to like that, and uh, I'm sorry. But for those of you guys who stick around regardless, our whole mission here has always been that we want to – our vision has always been we want to uplift and spotlight the cool stuff that Auburn student-athletes are doing. As Auburn alum and Auburn fans, that's what we're here for. Um, and the War Report Podcast Network has given us this beautiful platform to do so, and I can't uh, thank them enough for that, and we're so appreciative. But we want to make sure that we talk – um, and really kind of put stuff that we can put our hearts into it. And I think you guys are going to enjoy the content more. Um, we really have been kind of mutually putting off a conversation about this because we wanted it to fix itself. No beef between Dylan and I. It's between us and the analytics. That's really it. <laughs> it's between <laughs> us and the analyt- analytics. But uh, we're going to just go with kind of, I think, not to be cliche, Dylan, but kind of where our hearts take us here and just um, start with men's basketball, which was a heartbreaker um, in its own regard. But uh, I, I think that this is going to make for an even more fun show. And I think we're going to have a lot of fun with this one. Even regardless, d- despite the uh, the outcome of Auburn's 92-84 loss, and I'll go and roll right into it, Dylan, uh, at, in Knoxville against the Tennessee number four rated, ranked Tennessee Volunteers. Dylan, I know we're going to play a little uh, – what's the word here I'm going to play for? We're, we're a little seesaw action here uh, because I know that you're, you're pretty frustrated about this game. You're justified. You're absolutely uh, justified uh, in Auburn's loss of this game. I've certainly got a couple of bones to pick. Full, full dis- uh, disclosure – I watched this all but the last four minutes of the second half of the game uh, with the audio off, which really takes away a lot. You don't get context in terms of points. Um, and I, didn't, I wasn't listening to Andy. I was actually on the phone, had some family stuff. But I do have kind of a philosophical outlook. I think it's a little bit different than your analytical here. So I think we're going to balance nicely. And we'll roll right into it. Um, folks, Auburn finally got to be part of a legacy game. Unfortunately, it was Dalton Connect's legacy game <laughs> um, where Connect went for 39 and Auburn just didn't have an answer. Uh, it's... Uh, that guy is, he's an NBA guard. Uh, he's an NBA player. Uh, and uh, it, he's no stranger to the college game. He's been around for a while. He's not been a problem like this uh, in, in years past, but he is certainly uh, putting on a, a good show for the countless and copious amounts of NBA scouts that were there um, tonight. I, I personally don't have a, a, a ton of grievances in that regard. Like things like that are going to happen for guys that are really special talents that are going to go to the next league, next level. But there's certainly a lot of things Auburn could have done better. Dylan, I'll, I'll open it up there and let you take it from here. Yeah. Uh, great night from Janai Broom, uh, I must say. 23 points. He yeah. had nine rebounds, five assists. He had a steal, a block, and no fouls. That could not be said for the rest of the team. Literally everybody else that entered the game. Uh, yeah, I'm going to start off by saying I'm not 
don't take this out of context. Don't say I'm blaming the loss on this because it was bad both ways. This was another ref show. Uh, if I've yeah. ever seen one, I, which I was weird. It was weird. Like the, it wasn't a ref show for like the first 16 minutes of the game. They were letting them play physical, full contact basketball. Playing like this looked like if you go back and watch like Pistons Knicks '90s stuff, like playing physical ball, but like a good clean basketball. And then all of a sudden the stripes were like, oh, found my whistle. <laughs> Yeah, I feel bad for those refs because they're probably still catching their breath from all the whistle blowing they were doing. Because yeah. that that was just outrageous. And again, that was both ways, both ways. Auburn did not lose this game because they got they fouled too much, and Tennessee did not win this game because Auburn fouled too much. Uh, but it, it it doesn't help no, the no, fact no, no. that no Tennessee did win this game in uh, in part because Auburn fouled too much. But enough of the fouls were totally justified that it was not a game breaker. <laughs> yeah, uh, but th- there's a lot of ways I can spin zone into this because Chad Baker Mazzara got caught doing way too much. Uh, the behind the back pass uh, should never be used in any actual game unless you are, I don't know, up by 40 and you're not driving into a group of three opposing players I'm, I'm going to pre-surrender. I'm going to pre-surrender. That one's kind of on Janai. You can say what you want about not using the behind-the-back pass. It was a dime that hit him in the hands. Janai played yeah, great. Janai played you're great. Not, you're not expecting that in that, in that situation. But you, got, but you got to be following the ball. You got to, And he's already looking at the rack. You got to be following the ball. Which there was a lot of times where CBM was not following the ball. There was that. Sure. Uh, in, in the last few minutes, I had to uh, connect, threw up a three ball just trying to draw a foul. And then CBM stood there and watched the ball hit the backboard and come down. And then he saw, I, I think it was uh, Ganey, uh, just kind of ran up. Or it was someone who, I think it was someone who only scored two points. So either Mashak or James or Viscovi, one of those two just kind of zoomed right by and just grabbed the rebound right, right, like right through the legs of, of Chad Beck and Mazzara. And then. It, yeah. Yes. Also on the side sidebar here is the average star- age of starters for Tennessee thirty seven. <laughs> I think <laughs> you're lowballing, man. There's a lot of like eight years on there. Scobie still having eligibility just blows my mind. But yeah, no, you're right. I mean, CBM did try to do too much tonight. Uh, two for four um, from from the field, which is excuse me, I'm sorry, three for ten from the field, which isn't absurd. I literally don't know why I read that number out loud. That's fully Cheney Johnson's line. But CBM, three for 10 from the field, two for four from three, had a couple of good looks. And, and actually, all, all but one of his three takes were, were good takes. Um, still money from the free throw, but he looked lost in the glass, which wasn't great and definitely cost Auburn some possessions. Uh, and, and he turned the ball over four times. Like, you, you can't do that. Yeah, 16 turnovers for Auburn. Uh, you had three from Janai and four from CBM and Cheney, and then ones across the board kind of trickle off. And I mean, I look at the, this was a, a, a good night for Jalen Williams. I will say positive for him. He, he looked healthy. It looked like he only like he looked like 80 percent healthy. I, I he he didn't look like something we should have been worried about from the get go. Like, dude, I mean, 21 I points. 12 points in the SEC against Tennessee when I'm 80 uh, percent. I couldn't do it. 150 percent healthy. <laughs> I don't know if I can get you three points on any given night. Dude, I mean, you put me in. You put me in the game for forty minutes, and I'm putting up numbers: five fouls, two technicals, <laughs> seven turnovers. If you throw me the ball, <laughs> and a torn ACL at the end of the game, because oh, there's no at way the end of the game. <laughs> there's no way my knees are. I meant my first five minutes stat line. 
<laughs> you're shacked in a fool up in there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this this game, there was a couple of guys I just look at and I'm like, what are you doing? I, Katie Johnson had a few of those moments, but I'm so used to saying that in in, in, in games yeah. where it's like not surprising me. Katie Johnson actually played pretty well. Katie played uh, pretty dang well. Hey, limited shots from him is always a great great thing because I, I it's always that even when his even when I can't see his eyes, I can I know what his face looks like. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know. I know, ex- I know exactly. Whenever I see and, Katie Johnson and get the ex- ball, it's this exact look. I see. I see Katie Johnson get the ball, and I'm like, he's gonna shoot it. <laughs> and like three, two, and it's up. And um. do you ever just like as soon as Katie gets the ball, if he holds it for an extended period of time, catch yourself with a giant exhale, and you're like, <sighs> like, like I was holding my breath the entire time he was holding the ball, not because Katie can't score, because he can't, but like. Also, you're just like, I have no idea where this is going. This could be super fun or super not fun. <laughs> and I will say, very quiet night. I mean, this was a uh, dichotomy game from from what we saw against Georgia sure. just a few days ago. I mean, you you got a lost Chad Baker Mazzara. You had a, a uh, points wise, you didn't have a very um, what's the word I'm looking for effective Cheney Johnson and Aiden Holloway just couldn't get shots up and later on in the game it looked very auburn struggled getting the ball to janai broom not because janai couldn't get the ball they just weren't giving it to him which i don't know why any kind of situation ever in any auburn basketball game why your first pass your first read is not just to throw it up in the air to janai broom yeah well there's that and also like have you ever seen and this is like a genuine question I've never seen one. You ever seen a defensive matchup that the winner still scores 92? Because that's like, if, if there's a 10% worse de- defensive ma- game from both sides, this game is like 115 to 112. Because like, let's not forget that Auburn was still 45-8 from the field. Tennessee was 50.9 from the field. And both teams were were over 40% from, from three. Like, there was just a lot of random, obscure, hot run street. The epitome of a game of runs, like borderline, like without the ref- referees, like this is everything you want in a college basketball game at this point in the year. Like th- th- objectively, if you're watching this neutral and you're not an Auburn fan, which like must it must be nice, but like <laughs> that was an awesome college basketball game. And I'm actually surprised to look at that, look at the some of the turnovers on the box score and see that Trey Donaldson only had one turnover. Yeah, I was about to say that because <laughs> I, I feel like there was a lot of passes. I, there was, I, I know that he was expecting Leor to stay at the three point line, but in transition like that, I want Leor Berman crashing and going up yeah. to try to get the rebound. And like, because on on the TV side of things, it looked like Trey was trying to throw, throw a lob. <laughs> to Leor Berman, and then the ball went out of bounds, and Which I saw him pointing wrong. at that, the. If that's the feasible. We're in, but like, if, if Leor Berman dunks <laughs> on two volunteers in a game, there's no way Auburn's going to lose that game. It just doesn't happen. <laughs> if Leor goes over Muscovy, it's a it's a wrap. It's a wrap. <laughs> Leor Berman actually played pretty well. I would say he had a very good Leor Berman game. Yeah, uh, Leor Leor Berman legacy game, if you will. Uh, five points, uh, got a really good open look uh, from three. Had three rebounds, got an assist and a steal. Leor, as much hate as he gets for getting on the court, he's a valuable piece. Uh, he did what down he's in the to do right. Exactly. He did what he's to do. Yeah. And shockingly enough, did Chris Moore not see the court tonight? He did not. 
I'm he because I I was like looking around. I was like, I've not seen Chris Moore all game. Which, respectfully, respectfully, I appreciate okay. everything Timo has done. In a game like this, he can't. He yeah. just does not bring anything offensively to the table. And and I don't want people to get lost in the sauce here about the fact that Auburn like lost this game eventually by eight points. But like Auburn scored at a great rate today. Eighty four points score wins you a lot of games. Like that, you score at a, that's scoring at a high clip. Tennessee was just better, and Dalton Connect was, I, I mean, dude was unstoppable. A video game, like he was a video game player tonight. Like when he was hitting stuff from from Nashville, I knew it was over. Like that, that's that's when you know this guy he's not going to miss. His only bad takes were at the buzzer, and CBM watched it go off the backboard. <laughs> and Connect again. I mean. I don't even think he scored in the last few minutes of the game, except for maybe the two to get the 39, because Auburn just did not have a good strategy for double teaming him. I think Tennessee pretty like got pretty well with trying to double team Janai, but because no one else on Auburn wanted to take a shot. But that's where Tennessee eventually took over the game with the fact that Auburn would put two on connect and then, you know, Ziegler would be open and Adu or Waka uh, would just be right there ready for the ball but when Janai Broom got double teamed I, there was n- there was n- no no thoughts going on any of the Auburn players had when Janai Broom is no not available five. just exactly just there's like oh well you know what we'll just like behind the back pass we'll just throw a half court pass for whatever reason well look you you can't fault Auburn I mean like at the end of the day, you ha- expect half of these guys to be using walkers and going back to the retirement home after the uh, on on the Tennessee side. Like they, they they don't stay in a dorm. This is an on campus retirement home. <laughs> it's just like it's a mental thing with the passes because that that's something that just annoys me so much. And the behind the back pa- the behind the back pass is going to be something I'm going to talk about forever because that just annoyed the crap out of me. That he could have just tossed it. Or I know it's not probably it's partially on the deny too for not paying attention. But the the constant passing across the court needs to stop. Yeah. It rarely works, and all it does is I, reset I don't mind you. A pass. I do. I do mind the cross court pass. And I feel like a lot of those cost Auburn precious time on the shot clock because there was a lot of times during this game, and Jai Broom helped a lot, where Auburn was getting up shots with two, three seconds left in, on on the shot clock. And a few of those got saved and were should have been shot clock violations, if not for Janai Broom being, you know, very tall and, and getting the and back an NBA them. player. And yeah, exactly, and being a man amongst boys and, <laughs> and senior citizens. Uh, but <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but it's just something like in a game like this. And I understand whenever you have a lead, you kind of want to hold the ball and try to kill some clock. But yeah. this Tennessee team. Isn't a team you can just hold off very long. Do that against <laughs> exactly like this works against Georgia. It'll work against Mississippi State. It'll work against Missouri. It'll work against the like what? How many teams are in the SEC? Fourteen. It'll work against ten of those. Yep. Maybe it's not going to work against Tennessee. It won't work against Alabama. It won't work. It won't work against the early on in the season South Carolina. I, it it just does doesn't work like that. You cannot hold onto the ball until three seconds left, and and you're and a lot of those times they are still outside the three-point line we have they have Janai Broom they have Jalen Williams they have Chad Baker Mazzara they have all these big guys who can score in the paint and they're like you know what we're not going to crash right yet we're not going to attack that's 
I, I kind of kind of going off that, I'm going to elaborate a little bit. I think my big thing is you don't see cutters enough. I mean, like, you need cutters to get down low and be able to give yourselves opportunities. Guys, the most efficient, efficient, outside of a dunk, efficient shot in the game is a layup. <laughs> like, getting yourself to the rack and then giving yourself opportunities for and ones, which Auburn did pretty well at points throughout the game. It was, it was a game of runs. But if you if you don't have cutters and you don't have guys that are – constantly creating movement and creating spacing against a team that's defensively elite like and just elite in general like Tennessee it, it, it's tough to score points at a higher clip than your opponent <laughs> do, do you know the Miami Dolphins a few years back when they had Jay Cutler that one play they did where Jay Cutler lined up in the as a wide receiver yes. and they hiked the ball and he did not move yes he just stood at the line of scrimmage I will never yeah there was Jay Cutler, there, yes. there was a lot of there was a lot of Jay Cutlers tonight whenever Auburn was, had, was on the offensive side of the ball a lot of watching a lot of watching the game. And if you're going to watch the game, don't be on the court <laughs> playing the game. Buy a ticket. Yeah, go buy a ticket. Go sit on the bench. Whatever. <laughs> when you look up at that shot clock and it says five seconds, there is no way you should be standing buddy-buddy with one of the Tennessee volunteers. No, no, that is not true. Well, I guess on the on the offensive end, that's true. I liked CBM's approach of Dal guarding Dalton Connect at the end of the game where it was just the bear hug method. And how he did not get called for a foul is so beyond me. And it happened like four times. Tennessee fans were losing no, their mind. No, I'm going to no, be honest. It, it didn't happen four times. It happened one time. Because he never let go of him. It was one bear hug. The entire <laughs> right, 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 possession. Right, right. It was just a rotational bear hug. Yeah. <laughs> he was no, just moving his arm around. He was like just running yeah, around. It was, it was awesome. Like, and, and Tennessee fans were so pissed off about it. And I want you to know right now, someone does that to Janai Broom, and I'm just as pissed. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it goes off the officiating was just bad. Yeah, it, it was, was terrible. Like, that is a textbook example of where Auburn should have gotten a foul because he was hugging him. Like, that was a not even a bro hug. That was a meaningful embrace. Like... <laughs> There's also a couple of times where you could see not only was he bear hugging him, but he was pulling him. <laughs> like he, was, he was like moving him over. Like, you know what? You're going to come over here. You're, you're going to get out of. <laughs> look, look, you could be as irritated with Dar Dalton Connect going crazy against, against Auburn like this all you want. But you got to give the dude props for not even yelling at the refs for not getting a foul on it. He, he even acknowledged that he was so damn good tonight <laughs> that he would also be bear hugging himself on defense. I mean, if I put up 40 points, I wouldn't care either. I'd be like, you know what? I would be, no, I would have to just be like, no, I get this. No, this, I is, my, this is my, this is my fault. You know, this, I, is, I, a this is a reward. Like, exactly. It's like a reward. Like, it also goes along the same lines as Chad Baker Mazar just did too much tonight. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Yeah. The bear hugging. It, and one other, one other thing, that, like my big thing that irks me, the biggest thing that pissed me off tonight, I really need my blood pressure to go up and down. I got more important things to fish fry right now. But BP, dude, dude. Speaking of high blood pressure. Oh, my God. Dude. Like, yeah, no, speaking of high blood pressure, like you can't get teed up in a game like this. You can't. You can't lose your cool. You can't get out on the court. Two in the ball for giving giving a team like Tennessee two in the ball. Granted, they only got one of the two free throws, but still. Yeah. And Auburn wound up grabbing the possession back, but like you're giving your opponent more opportunities to just jump ahead in a game that you need to keep as close as humanly possible. Because this Tennessee team, folks, I am going to have a hard time not putting them in my final four when I make my bracket. They are that good. And I, I, I truthfully think they're going to wind up being the fourth one seed when, when, when things are said and done, they're going to win the SEC. That that's going to happen. Now Auburn's firmly out of that race. Go ahead and accept that for regular season. Yeah. We can but, all take a nice calm, 
yeah, there's almost something peaceful about it now. Like, like we can be we can be at peace with that. But yeah, you can't lose your cool, and that, and that's the big thing for me. Um, on the spin zone for that, looking at this game from a holistic standpoint, before we look at uh, look ahead at when Auburn's going to play host to Mississippi State and absolutely whoop their ass, which is going to happen. Um, that's a good old fashioned revenge right there. Oh, it's going to be it, it's going to be a absolute boat race. Um, <laughs> in favor of the orange and blue, uh, I. I you can clip me on that, Mississippi State fans. All twelve of you guys, y'all can go ahead and just <laughs> white careful. Work. Brandon Walker is very loud. <sighs> yeah, he's also very annoying. Anyways, I said what I said, and I don't. I, I stand on business with that. But looking at this game from a holistic standpoint, like yes, yes, you absolutely wanted Auburn to go and win it, uh, in Knoxville. Auburn's not very good at winning in, no- in Knoxville. I mean, that's just a proven fact. Um, we didn't get a boring game, so that was nice. Uh, Auburn looked. Guys, like, I know there are people who are overacting on Twitter, like, oh, you can't beat bad teams. You can't beat good teams. Who are you going to win? Like, who are you going to beat? Like, this is a good loss. It's a Q1 loss. You played them close, and you played it in one of the best guys. Give them their flowers. Outside of the jungle, this has been the most electric atmosphere I've watched, like, that Auburn has played in this year. That was an awesome atmosphere in Knoxville. Um, they're, I mean, they've been bought into basketball. Rick Barnes, unfortunately, a phenomenal coach. But <laughs> this game – it really doesn't hurt your resume. Like I was sitting there thinking in the second half, Dylan, like you take away Dalton connect. Like, obviously that's a completely different ball game. Auburn wins this game without Dalton connect in it. Sure. But you take away the fact that he had a, a, just a generational night. <laughs> like Auburn might move up in the net. I mean, like, if I, I want to say that if Auburn, they just played against a good, the, the best version of Tennessee tonight, but the Auburn, we saw tonight playing on playing it in a way of like a hostile, road environment you can't not feel a little like you feel better you have to feel better i was like this this team could i mean not not like final four again but deep deeper no like, Seriously. like six, 16 or eight uh, yeah. i feel like th- those are like ceilings right now if, th- if I, this team can stay playing like they did you're not gonna run into a tennessee where because auburn's gonna be what probably a th- four four, four, four four or five you're not gonna run into a tennessee until later on in, in your right. bracket Right. You're not going to run into a Tennessee. You're not going to run into a Purdue. Like, you're going to be fine. And not to mention, guys, like, I I, truthfully, Dylan, I feel better after this game than I did coming into it. And Auburn lost. I I told you uh, many, many moons ago that Auburn was going to go to Knoxville and get their ass handed to them. And I've said that on this podcast that I I firmly believe Auburn was going to go get their ass. You probably would have said it if we had a show come out like a minute before the show came. Like a minute I, before the game started, <laughs> my my roommate watches watches every Auburn game with me. Billy asked me, "What's your confidence uh, percentage, zero to one hundred in this game?" I said, 10%. percent." Uh, I'm not, and that's not me just downplaying Auburn as much as Tennessee has. I mean, Rick Barnes has built a program there. Like, it, it is a phenomenal program. The their fan base is bought in. I hate them just like the rest of us, but <laughs> you, you have to. It's one of those programs you you do have to respect uh, their their ability to remain perennial perennially in in contention. And Auburn went on the road and didn't look like crap. They made some goofy mistakes and some dumb mistakes. And and I'll be honest with you, and quite frank, BP didn't help them a ton. Uh, and and that's outside of just getting teed up. I I, I don't know that we necessarily had uh, we got to witness Auburn's best sets on the inbound all night. Um, Tennessee clearly had their number there, uh, but I feel so much better about Auburn going into a tournament situation than I did beforehand because now I don't feel like. Every game has to be at Auburn uh, at, at Neville Arena, excuse me. But like that is a nutty environment. You're not yeah. going to get an environment like that until you get deep in the tournament. Like the 
it's March Madness, but like I would venture a guess, a pretty solid guess that any any environment you encounter in the the first two round first weekend for sure of March Madness is not gonna it's gonna pale in comparison to what you just witnessed. Yeah, and it also helps that after this game, Auburn's looking at a the probably one of the easiest schedules in the SEC. And you know, you're gonna need those trying to get your trying to get uh hot right before the SEC tournament. Uh, Auburn is looking to play this weekend Mississippi State, then I believe it's Missouri than Georgia. Or is that backward? Is that flip flopped? Missouri than Georgia. Missouri than Georgia. And it's at Missouri and then Georgia at home to wrap up the season. Exactly. All right. And Auburn looking on Saturday to get revenge on an opponent that beat them a couple weeks ago at this point. And and that was a that was a horrendous loss Auburn had against Mississippi State. But they are going back into Neville Arena after a very, very positive loss. Uh, I must say, after after talking it through, I'm not as I mean, I'm usually the one that gets really overreactive about this one, uh, about about Auburn basketball. I feel pretty good. <laughs> I, I, I think it's just I'm, my distaste for basketball courts with uh, orange and white checkerboards on it. Yeah, I mean, well, look, look, I get it. <laughs> like, I, I, I understand. I, I, I understand. That's where Auburn teams go to die. And it's certainly a personal one for, for Tennessee fans because – they lost out on, in my opinion, still the better of the two coaches uh, <laughs> in Bruce Pearl. Uh, so I, I I get it. Like, I understand. Let's talk about Auburn's matchup on Saturday with Mississippi State. And their Tigers trying to avoid being swept by the visiting, this time, visiting Bulldogs. Obviously, Auburn suffering its first loss of the SEC season to Mississippi State earlier in the year. And they did it in a weird way. Auburn beat – I'm sorry? Second. They lost Second. to Bama lost that week. That week. Bama. My apologies. Sorry. It was like three days apart, so it's not like. Yeah, yeah, that was a rough week. That was not a fun week, but I digress. <laughs> no, it's not. Auburn kind of won that game in a weird way, or not in a weird way, but they they followed the formula. Uh, they did not play well offensively whatsoever. Uh, I mean, they not won that game. Excuse me, lost that game in in a weird way, but they kept themselves in it in the most perfect formula, if that makes any kind of sense. Mm-hmm. The correct formula of winning that game would have been to actually hit your shots, which Auburn was allergic to doing uh, when they tra- traveled to the hump. But they held Tolu Smith to nine points and and made players like Josh Hubbard and Cameron Matthews step up um, and Shaquille Moore. I mean, guys that are still consistently higher up on that on on, on the points per game, especially specifically Josh Hubbard and Cameron Matthews, both averaging um, I guess nine and a half for Matthews and fifteen nine for for Hubbard. But making Mississippi State go away uh, from from their standout forward. And that's that's how you get the job done again this week, uh, or not again, but get the job done this time. I'm sorry, I, I'm I'm a little too positive headspace. Let me back up, up, up <laughs> a little bit here, but that's how you get the job done this week is making sure Tolu Smith's not a factor. And tell you what, Janai Broom can go toe to toe with anybody. You put a, uh, your forward and say this is our guy that's going to drop 17 on your head, and I'm going to look and call call bullshit because Janai Broom, when he's playing an, uh, an opponent that specifically people think could possibly get the best of him, they they won't. It will not happen. And I, I have all the confidence in the world that's the case. Uh, Auburn's just got to make sure that they limit uh, points inside the inside the painted area, which is, I mean, like the remedy for winning like every game. Uh, so, like, that's not crazy. Mississippi State shoes okay from the field, 45-4. Um, they're definitely in the mix, probably in the tournament at this point. Uh, a win at Auburn could help they, them up they out a lot. They're in. A win at Auburn could help them out a lot, but – a win over a Mississippi State team, which is going to be a Q1, Q2, probably Q1, um, depending on where Mississippi State decides to fizzle in the SEC tournament or not. 
uh, would probably go down as a Q1 if you can handle handle business well. Lock them down from the perimeter. Um, make make sure that they're trying to get the ball inside and let the giant room do what, do what he does. Uh, they're going to shoot 32.7 from the perimeter, so they're middle of the road, a little below below par. But I got all the confidence in the world, Dylan. I really do. This is a different Auburn team. It's a different Mississippi State team. They're better better ball club than they were last time. But this Auburn team is going to be out for blood. And I don't think Mississippi State can go toe-to-toe. I don't. And this is a, this is a different level of Auburn than, than what they saw. Uh, the lineup that went out against Auburn, and that went out against Mississippi State the last game, the starters were Trey Donaldson. Well, Katie Johnson played. That, that was like something that happened with uh, Denver and Aiden, I think, that Aiden. day. Uh, but K- Trey Donaldson and Katie Johnson, Jalen Williams, Chris Moore, and Janai Broom. They didn't see what what Auburn fans have now seen of Cheney Johnson and not seen of, of Cheney uh, of Chad Baker Mazzara. You're going to get Auburn's best uh, eight or nine. I want to say best nine because I think now that we've kind of as the season's progressed and kind of gotten to the gotten to the 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 ending of, of the regular season we've we've seen it i don't know if it's auburn's 10 anymore i know leo berman kind of counts uh but right it's now it's, your, the it's, nine. it's specifically you're like your nine is who you're wanting to step up at any given time and then if you have leo berman put up five points that's a that's a dub that's a w in and of, in and of itself uh but they they didn't they saw more of Trey Donaldson and Katie Johnson than they did Denver Jones and Aiden Holloway. They they saw the eleven minutes of Chris Moore and fourteen of Cheney Johnson. You're not gonna see that anymore. You're gonna see eighteen minutes of Chris Moore. You're gonna see Aiden Holloway get in. Aiden Holloway's has improved after his little uh, his downward slide that he had uh, through that. But uh, this is uh, this is definitely I I think it definitely a win. I do. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and give my score, if you're good with that, Dylan. And uh, then we'll jump into our fun little ad read and remind everybody about how much we appreciate them. But before uh, we do that, I'm going to go ahead and give my score. I like Auburn like 87-71. Like I, 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 71 is a random number, but I, I, I like Auburn to win this one handedly. I, I do. Uh, guys, I, I think that this team is, is in good shape right now. Um, and they're going to learn a lot. They're going to go back and watch film from tonight and realize that this is the best team they've played all year by – a wide margin. Um, Bama, kiss my ass. Um, it, it, it's just not close. Uh, this is the best team you've played all year. You played them on the road. You played them great. And then you got a chip on your shoulder because you think you're you're, you're out of the SEC conference contention if, effectively. But you just need a lot of teams to lose. Uh, right, right. You're, out of it, <laughs> you're effectively out of it. But at the same time, you've got that chip on your shoulder now that you know that you could have played better ball at different points. You know you're capable of playing to that level. This Auburn team – Shows up against Kentucky, and they beat the crap out of them. By the way, like, like they, this Auburn team shows up against a couple other silly, goofy games. They're one loss, two loss in this conference. Like that is that is where we're at right now. So that's where I'm at. If I had to give my prediction, I'd probably say Auburn 85, Mississippi State. I'm gonna go 70. I'm gonna go a nice little 15 point win. I think that that's. I think that's exactly what you said, is it not? You said 86, 71. Yeah. So yeah, 15 points. Uh, yeah, this this is uh, this is a very handedly win for the Auburn Tigers. Absolutely. And I'm going to roll into our ad reads, Dylan. I'll let us hit a little break after the ad reads, and we'll pop in on the other side and talk some more Auburn athletics. But before we do so, I want to remind everybody, if you're hanging out with us on the YouTube stream, what's up, guys? Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. We appreciate you. Make sure you drop. It's right underneath 
right underneath this video. It's not very hard to get to. Hit like, hit subscribe, ring the bell, and make sure you stay up to date with everything going on here at the College League Podcast and the War Report Podcast family. I know it's the network, but I like family. We're we're a family around here. <laughs> Drop a comment. Give us your thoughts on the Auburn loss. If you're if I'm underreacting, you can tell me. Feel free. If Dylan is uh, underreacting, Dylan and I are both underreacting. We're both in a pretty good headspace about it. If you're in a bad headspace, here's your vent. It's right underneath here. Here's your vent board. I've, I go right go right ahead. And uh, feel free to try and chime in. We always love hearing you guys' thoughts and your feedback on every single Auburn sporting event. And make sure to give us your thoughts on everything we're about to talk about after the break, whether that be baseball, softball, football, beyond. We'll get there. I promise we're going to get there in a second. If you're hanging out with us on a streaming platform, thank you guys so much for hanging out. We appreciate it. Make sure you give us a five stars, thumbs up, smiley face, whatever the highest rating is on the, your streaming platform of choice. Share the show with a friend so we can continue to grow the College Loop family. We really appreciate you guys, especially those of y'all. Today feels like a good day to give a shout out to the OGs, um, the people that have been with us from the jump, um, specifically uh, AJ Rivera. Um, that guy has been listening since episode one. Um, shout out my mom. She's been listening to episodes since episode one. You guys are the best. Let's keep growing that family and uh, keep building a community here. We are going to talk Auburn baseball next, I believe is what's next on the rundown, Dylan. Women's basketball. Women's basketball. Auburn women's basketball next. My apologies. We'll They're be right playing back. tonight. So let's jump in to Auburn women's basketball talk Auburn women's basketball right after I remind you guys about the fabulous War Report podcast network uh, excuse me, and co college loop co-branded t-shirt man I stumbled my way through that there one <laughs> co-branded feel loopy t-shirt on sale only at the warreport.com $25 five different colorways most comfortable shirt you'll ever own cannot recommend it enough that link is in the description once you pick up a shirt make sure you use hashtag feel loopy on excuse me my goodness I am just I'm putting on a clinic right now. Make sure you hashtag feeling loopy, feeling without the G on your favorite social media platform. Tag us in it. We'll throw it up on the next show, next stream. I have the hiccups now. This is going to be brutal. Last time I had the hiccups around Dylan, we were in line for the Kentucky game. Don't get me started. It lasted was, for an hour. That was a, that's a, is that the last time you had hiccups? That you'd be... In your presence, yes. Oh, okay. But I've that, since that trained my body like, to never let it happen again because you only made it worse. We're going on a quick side tangent, folks. We're having that was, that was a top five moment ever. Yeah, no, we're going on a quick side tangent about this really quickly because uh, y'all need to know this before we talk Auburn women's basketball. Um, during the OG Pearlville, because Dylan and I are founding members of that society. Uh, before it got civilized. Before it was civilized, yeah. We and they had, like, they had like food and TV we were and like Mario Kart. We were the metaphorical cavemen of, <laughs> of, of dragging our we were, knuckles. We and be, people with, be people with chairs, listen to... <laughs> I still can't yeah. listen to Freebird. Like, no, out. I can't. Like, the solo is electric. Anyways, I just feel like the Dylan and I are huddled together with our other friend Will Haygood. Context: Dylan and I are both five nine on a good day. Sure, we'll call it that. And our buddy Haygood six five. So we're sharing this blanket with this guy who's six five. So it looks like he's in the middle with like a, it looks like a tent. We formed a tent with Haygood's head, and I have the hiccups. So I take the blanket off because I'm like, if I cool myself off and if it's freezing, I will stop having the hiccups. Dylan decides he wants to watch this happen. And then I proceed to start laughing while I have the hiccups because, you know, it's three in the morning. And I am hysterically laughing at literally, I laughed, we laughed at a tree at one point. That did happen. And we're both laughing at each other. And my hiccups are just progressively getting exponentially worse. It's bad. And these hiccups, guys, I am not lying. This is what you came to the College League podcast for. Hear this. <laughs> they lasted an hour, a full freaking hour. I wanted to jump off of the top of then Pearl Arena. No, not Pearl Arena. Still not Pearl Arena. The White Pool. Then Auburn Arena. I want to call it anything but Neville Arena, damn it. <laughs> um, then Auburn Arena. I wanted to jump off the roof because my hiccups would not go away. And then the group next to us finally looked over and decided that they were going to watch the hiccup show for like an hour. And it was horrible. 
then we decided to play uh like i don't know go fish or something stupid i think you also forget to mention that during this entire hour of you having the hiccups i was unable to breathe because i was laughing so hard <laughs> for that entire hour that i was struggling to get oxygen because it was just so funny <laughs> if you guys so, ever want to hear our full account of pearlville which we should have done it on the on the anniversary um it, it should, should be like it should be an outside the loop it, it should be an outside the loop but if you guys ever want to hear our full rundown drop in the comments let us know um if, if you guys want to hear our full rundown and recap of our experience of the original pearlville i wrote a column on it and what we can link that column in the bio too because i i think i did a pretty damn good job of encapsulating encapsulating um everything that went into that night it was bizarre and i cherish that memory but i'm also going to cherish the memory of auburn sweeping mississippi state and women's basketball this weekend so let's get there all right dylan i'm letting you open it up all right so auburn and coach jay are going to be in starkville this weekend or by this weekend i mean tonight as the show comes out to take on mississippi state a team who is currently two spots ahead of auburn in the sec rankings and I think the only team left to help Auburn really secure that spot in the NCAA tournament. And what we have collectively agreed the first time since 2016, Auburn has been in the NCAA tournament. Uh, looking at this game, uh, this seems like a this seems like it should be an easy win. Uh, Auburn defensively, uh, one of the best in the SEC. No matter what the record says, Auburn uh, Coach Jay has founded this team on making you struggle to score. And that's exactly what any team – Angel Reese can attest to this as well. I know she scored, I think, 20 in both games. But that that was – those are hard-fought wins for LSU. Uh, Mississippi State coming in here with two scores, scoring for 15 or more, and the rest kind of trickle down from the double digits. Uh, this is just another defensive showcase for Auburn and another Austin Scott Grayson uh, takeover game. I think you're right. Uh, it comes down to guard play, don't and and that's kind of just the winning recipe for Auburn women's basketball right now in, in general. Your your forwards are cleaning up the best of the, the best that you can ask them to. But it really comes down to me, to honesty, Scott Grayson, and can Sydney Shaw continue her upward trend? Uh, I know she's not putting up the most staggering, mind blowing numbers, but Sydney Shaw gets better every game. She she gets better every single game, and she's coming in into the form that you and I we have been so high on her since day one of her freshman year. I think she's the next coming of honesty, Scott Grayson, and I, I mean that. I she and she also has like the ego of Katie Johnson, but with way more consistent shooting. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's, so like that that's just that is a scary combination. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It, it, no, exactly. You're you're right. It comes down to the guard play to me. Uh like like, like we mentioned, can can Auburn's guards outclass Jerkayla Jordan? And she averages 16-1. She's a problem. And then obviously Jessica Carter at the at the forward position is averaging 15-2, but there's a steep drop-off after that. Can you limit their two scores? Can you play that physical brand of coach J defense that you've shown as of late? Like, guys, Auburn's there. Like, I, I know that Auburn's not been winning every single game, lights out, and, and there's been a couple that you, you want to go a different way, but Auburn's defense is there. And it's can the offense back them up? And it starts with your guards. It starts with HSG. Can she stay healthy the entire game? Which is not like I'm not throwing shade. She just plays a lot of minutes. Like <laughs> it, it happens. She's and never you get, thirty. You know, <laughs> she gets gassed. It happens. We, I, I would be gassed in thirty seconds. So I'm mean, like, let's just put, make that perfectly clear. Uh, this game feels like a big time Auburn win for me. Um, on to, I guess tonight as the show's coming out, uh, seven p.m. at like six p.m. Central. My apologies, six p.m. Central at the Nev. And I like Auburn to win this one by like. 15. I, I know that uh, Mississippi State's ahead of, of Auburn by a couple games in the SEC standings, but 
I just think that they're a different ball club than they were at the beginning of this year. And this this Auburn team, much like what we were saying about HSG, has gotten better by the game. And and there have been some flukes. There have been some some rough patches. You feel like you should have beaten Alabama, and you should have. Uh, you feel like you were right there against LSU, and you, and you absolutely were. Arkansas will probably haunt you for the remainder of the season. But that Bama game, too. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple of haunting losses. But this team is right where where not necessarily you, you want to be in first place. You want to be you want to be you want to be where South Carolina is. But this team is right where you would in in reality want to be right now. If you look at it at a realistic standpoint, you got Mississippi State and Florida, two both very, very both winnable games uh, coming down the stretch. And it starts tonight with 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 State and a game that Coach Jay would love to get another dub over. Uh, grab a uh, grab a dub over, given her background with the Mississippi State program, and uh, I, I don't know, Dylan. I feel really good. Maybe I'm bugging today. I might that might be it. I mean, if we if we want a bug, I have a pair of glasses that uh, my girlfriend, break them out, break them out. Beautiful girlfriend Lauren uh, got me for Christmas, and I'll go ahead. And... Yeah, uh, with a win against Mississippi State, I, I think that the SEC should be put on uh, on, on on like double double red flags looking at Auburn, uh, double yellows, which, whichever one is like the cautionary one. Uh, because this Auburn basketball team, led by Coach Jay, led by Oscar Gardner, led by Jemai Mingo Young, they could do enough damage. They could be this year's Kentucky in the SEC tournament. Like yeah, they, oh, they, for sure. They could, they could turn some heads. They could shock the world. And, I mean, I don't know if they could beat South Carolina. Because uh, I don't know if anyone can. I don't. Uh, has, I, has South Carolina even lost championship? <laughs> has South Carolina even lost a game? They have not. No, they've not. Yeah, they're they, have, they have definitely not. And I don't think any of these are very. Uh, some of them are close, but not a lot of them. Very few of them are within single digits. This team could make it all the way. Could make it all the way. That we've already seen. We've already seen them beat LSU once. It's a different ball game whenever it's a neutral site. Home team right. advantage is not a thing anymore. It's right. a thing in the past and in, in, in tournament season. All you've uh, got is, uh, is is your players and Kim Mulkey's ridiculous outfits, and, yeah, which are iconic, by the way. I'm not hate, I'm not throwing shade at, at Kim Mulkey. I love her brand. I think she's hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, uh, this is a game I'm going to look at. I, I don't know if I I can I can sell myself to a 15 point win, but definitely I, I'm going to probably go in the 10 range. I'm very probably going to say Auburn. Let's say Auburn 65, um, Mississippi State 55. Auburn 67, Mississippi State 52. Let's rock. Let's do it. Word. And, and then, of course, Auburn would be taking on Florida on Sunday. We don't have a preview for that, but we will have a recap of that on the Sunday live stream as well as a recap of this game as well, just because we're going to be talking about two wins. That's right. Knock on, knock on wood. And speaking of winning, there's a there's another team in the Auburn sphere that does a lot of winning. They have one. They have one. They had one day where they didn't do a lot of winning, but the rest of the season has been as your Auburn baseball team currently standing at seven and one after their midweek blowout over the Sanford Bulldogs. They're getting ready for their weekend against the Yukon Huskies. But before we get into that, we'll go into the little Sanford. Little Sanford recap. Want to remind people, Sanford not a team to sneeze at. Always contender in the SoCon. Want to remind everybody this. And Sanford off to a, a to, off to a slow start too. So th- this win is going to look a lot better as the season progresses. Don't don't even worry 1, about that. One thousand percent. And uh, you had a really great night from from Connor McBride, the guy who started, uh, and just kind of 
went went Auburn went through their cycle of, of midweek pitchers and they all looked really good. I mean, uh, Griffin Graves kind of had a kind of had a tough stretch. Uh, gave up two runs, uh, but Dylan Watts, Parker Carlson, and uh, Cameron uh, Keyshock just kind of locked it down towards the end of the game and uh, really, really uh, closed it out and got Auburn this huge nine-run win. Uh, I still struggle sometimes. I almost said nine-point win, nine-run <laughs> win. Uh, but overall, this was just an all-out great game for Auburn. I mean, you saw the best of Cooper Weiss, who got walked four times just because he is a absolute – uh, dog, and to shout out the guy that I said is gonna be the best newcomer. Not only was he the only, has he been the only Auburn Tiger to ever get four runs in one game. He is now the only Auburn Tiger to get or four steals in one game. He's now the only Auburn Tiger to also get four steals in two games. He's different, and he's, he's not. He's just, he's just getting started. <laughs> the booking glasses are staying on for the baseball segment. Yeah, oh, they should. And and I know you're gonna preview. Uh, you uh, this 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 weekend series against Iowa. So it's it is UConn. I'm not making that up. I don't have the schedule in front of me, right? Yeah, it's the Huskies. Yeah, I, I don't know why I almost said UMass. Um, UConn UMass games are electric. Just look at their logos. Anyways, um, put UConn first. Anyway, <laughs> I have, yeah. I have, so with that, yeah, yeah. Uh, UConn yeah. comes onto the plains on Friday, and they'll be taking on the Auburn Tigers, who are on a uh, I, I was said hot streak, but uh, that Virginia game. Uh, we talked you about said it before. best. You said it best right before the show. So please say it again. We watched a regional in February. Yeah, we did. That's exactly what that is. Uh, but right now, UConn coming in with, I think, their highest batting average of guys who have played, uh, who have had, I want to say, at least 20 at bats. Significant uh, AB. Yeah, significant ABs. Uh, 393 is their highest. Auburn, on the, I think, has a couple of guys who are averaging. Uh, there are some guys I think on Auburn that are still like it's a it's a coin toss whether or not they're gonna they're gonna hit the ball whenever they step to the plate. Uh, but they're very very inconsistent uh, throughout their entire their entire order for uh, for UConn. Uh, they just been pretty meh. They're two and four. Uh, on, on the season, uh, whenever they take on a real opponent, they just cannot get it done. Uh, and if I had to say, if I, if I have to say about one team, this Auburn team, that is a, this is a team that you should try to get the best out of your pitchers in. And with that, I, uh, I don't see Auburn losing a game. No, I, they go three and zero this weekend. Auburn sweeps UConn without a doubt. Uh, and and you mentioned you getting the best out of your pitchers, also resting arms and trying new arms this weekend. That should be your, that should be your goal. Letting your weekend rotational guys is a good opportunity for also to get his feet underneath them uh, and letting your rotational guys have limited innings. I agree with that. I also needs a game where he can get uh, get get his mind right throughout uh, the rest of the season. I am just in shock and awe because I'm looking at the box score for UConn's uh, season. Uh, and they have a pitcher who has a 99 ERA. Yeah, that means he didn't complete an inning. Okay. <laughs> I've never seen that before. I was like, oh, my God. No wonder they're – how'd they won a game? <laughs> oh, my God, man. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah, it means he got lit up and did not finish an inning. Yeah, uh, he has pitched 0, 0.0 innings. but that means he, has, he didn't even record an out. Yeah, he has given up four hits, three runs. Uh, three earned runs. He's walked a guy, uh, gave up a double and a home run, and his the batting average facing him is a one. Yeah, so um, that guy was Start putting him. up numbers. He, he was putting up numbers. 
I think UConn should start them every day <laughs> of this weekend. Short rest, three days. Let's do it. <laughs> I'm going to bug again really quick, and then I'm going to let you uh, chat a little Auburn softball before we kind of start rolling out into football, which will be pretty quick today. Um, this Auburn baseball team is, is going to Omaha this year. Um, I, I, I could just be completely overreacting and booging. And then there's going to be some ugly, weird records and, 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 and SEC play because this conference is so damn good. But this group, I mean, from Bobby Pierce all the way down to Sam Robertson, who has not recorded an AB yet, but <laughs> from Bobby Pierce all the way down to the bottom of that lineup, uh, has, has a lot of power, has a lot of pop. Your, your boy Ike Irish is figuring things out in terms of, uh, where, how to, how to, how to poke, poke, poke that ball out of the yard. And I mean, just all around, all around the field. Yes. Chris Stanfield, uh, who's at three Oh eight right now, Cooper Weiss, like you mentioned, absolutely just terrorizing teams on the base path. And, and, and Cooper McMurray being him, being Cooper McMurray, um, Mason manners, and then your other you know, routine starter. Uh, Barrels. Yeah. I said Bobby Barrels. I talked about him already because he's, I, just, I just have to say it. His, his name just speaks for himself. Uh, and then in J- Javon Hernandez trying to figure some things out, but in large, if eight of your nine routine AB guys are, are, are getting the job done, um, that is the recipe for making sure you make an appearance, at least in, in regional and super regional play. This group, and, and it, it's not just on the offensive side, the, the, the defensive side, the pitching is unbelievable. Um, Carson Myers is everything we want him to be and more. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm thrilled with him. Connor McBride, like you mentioned, great outing. Jogo had a solid Solid couple, uh, something not call it couple, but solid, solid debut, uh, and and has a solid outings to this point. Um, nine innings pitched so far and pitching to a three, coming off injury and, and not playing ball for a while. Dylan, I mean, it is hard to not bug about this group because holy cow, um, they got the goods. They they're they're doing something that we've not seen Auburn do in a couple of years, and that is taking care of the games they're supposed to win in the non-conference. They're going to slip up and lose a non-conference game or two, and it's going to be infuriating. It's going to piss you off. Circle the Georgia Tech games. Those are going to be weird, wacky, and long. Long. But this group just got battle-tested last weekend, and they passed with flying colors. You you lose to Virginia. Who gives a shit? Like, it is February, and like you mentioned, we just saw a regional, super regional matchup, college World Series matchup in, in February. And this group didn't flinch. They just have some things they need to learn. And that is A-OK for February. I'm very excited to see where this group's at. Yeah, and no team uh, needs to figure has a lot of stuff to figure out, uh, not only just on, on the mound, but also or on the on the diamond. But the um, I need I need someone to look up the stats for this because Auburn softball has said not one, not two, not three, but Four games canceled so far this season. And technically, if you want to it count six because Longwood had to leave the uh had to leave the Plainsman invite early, uh due to something that happened within their program uh last weekend. But six games that were not have not been played uh, on the season thus far. Luckily, Georgia State stepped up and, and they're gonna be the midweek th- game this week, uh on, on short notice uh for today. And that's something we'll get to I'll talk about in just a second. Uh but you got to think this is a team that I, I don't want to say they haven't meshed well together yet, but it's a team still trying to figure stuff out. They this, need to win this, games now. The softball team does not have an identity yet. I mean, outside of outside of the the pitching rotation, there's not an identity. Uh, you have your girls from last year who are still 
doing what they do best. I mean, I think Isis Trestvik has played very well uh, in right field. She made an awesome grab, uh, stealing a home run away from from UNI and that last game. And I, she I, it, that that hit hurt because she she tackled the wall, yeah, uh, just about. But you have you have girls who are having pretty good outings thus far. You have Amelia Leck who's leading the team at home runs uh, with five. Uh, a couple, I think, I don't know if a couple of those, but one of them at least is a grand slam. Uh, but after that, you don't really have any consistent hitters, uh, especially power hitters. At that, I mean, uh, KK McCrary has has hit the ball pretty well. She's had two has two home runs, but not consistent enough to to get and getting the ball uh, down where it needs to be. It just and it trickles off. You have three girls hit bat 300. Then you have a 292 and then twos, and then it just trickles all the way down. Uh, Mariah Pinto, on the other hand, is batting a one. It's 1 0 because uh, she is, uh, she rakes like her older sister does. Uh, <laughs> Proven uh, per Briellis, uh credible source. Shout Briellis. out, Brie, by the way. Holy shit, what a season she's having already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that should have been expected, and she's going to be on the planes very soon. She's uh, seeing softballs when they're pitched to her the size of beach balls. That's what they look like to her right now. Yeah, and they're going as far as uh, missiles. Yeah, they uh, oh, are, dude. They are landing on the moon. Yeah, and uh, March fifteenth, sixteenth, and seventeenth, she's going to be back on the planes, uh, folks. That young lady, I don't know which direction the Fayetteville softball complex is is pointed, but if it's facing the state of Missouri, if softball is liable, land in the state of Missouri. <laughs> uh, but looking at the Georgia State game, uh, you're not going to see Maddie Pinter or Shelby Lowe this game. You're probably going to see either Annabelle, Emma, or uh, Milena. You'll probably uh, see a combination of the three. You'll, you'll probably see a combination of the three. Uh, just trying to get and get those girls ready for the uh, Jane B. Moore Memorial uh, this Friday or this weekend uh six games playing against the usc upstate northwestern and north texas are going to be the three opponents for auburn this weekend uh but georgia state not a team to worry about really there they are five and eleven on the year they have lost some pretty tough games uh not so great opponents they lost to seattle ucf lost to mercer lost to yukon uh lost to belmont south dakota with belmont whoa, whoa, whoa. A team. known powerhouse mercer bears by the way Right out there. Uh, lost to Butler and Georgia Tech and Ball State are the teams they have lost to this season. Auburn has the talent to just out-talent them and win, win this game outright. But this is one of those games, and especially this weekend, when you're not playing those great opponents outside of probably Northwestern since they're Big Ten, you got to find your identity. I said it last week, but you got knocked out of two games, and I, those six games might come back and bite. Auburn, whenever SC play happens, yeah, because you were missing out on some key games. Because I feel like Auburn's what they're now ten games in. Other teams have played fifteen or sixteen games. Yeah. Some of them are up to twenty. You Auburn doesn't have that luxury right now. So going into Georgia State, going into USC Upstate, which I don't know if that's in Southern California or South Carolina uh, for USC Upstate uh, and Northwestern North Texas, you gotta find it. Because after that, you got Troy on Tuesday of March 5th. And then you got to travel to Columbia, Missouri to take on the first weekend series of SEC conference play. Auburn should win against Oregon State. I would say they should win most of their games in the in the Jamie Moore Memorial. I, I want to say three to four should be like three should be the minimum games they should win. 
and the Jimmy Moore and, and the Memorial game, uh, Weekend series uh, this week. But got to find your identity. Maddie Pinta can't do, you can't win games. Well, you can uh, with just Maddie Pinta. Uh, she can't go up to the plate. She can't rake for you as well as pitch for you. You got to get consistent hitters. Help out Amelia Leck. Help out the rest of your batters. You got to get people. You got you got to score runs. To win games in softball, you got to score more runs than the other yeah, team. Than the other team. That's right. And <laughs> and correct me if I'm wrong here, Dylan. I kind of think that Auburn softball is on regression watch. Uh, so that is uh, something that needs to uh, turn around quickly, or I'll just go ahead and say it. Mickey Dean may be needing to head up, hit up teamwork online uh, this uh, this this uh, offseason. Uh, that is the harsh reality, folks. Uh, you know, I know we have a, I know we have a healthy dose of faithful softball listeners, and trust me, we love you guys and we appreciate you guys. But I am hyper sensitive or hyper aware uh, about uh, the, the state of the program uh, not heading in the direction that a lot of people think that it should be given how close Auburn has been as of late and given how much talent decided to leave last year. It's uh, yeah. I think, think it's a, it's a glass uh, glass floor um, that if you, if one thing drops the wrong way, it, it could all fall out. That Northern Iowa loss spoke volumes to the, to the fan base. That's everything uh, you need to say. Exactly. But last sporting event that we have this weekend uh, before we get into the football is Auburn Gymnastics traveling to Athens, Georgia, take on the number 20 Georgia Bulldogs. Auburn currently stands at, I want to say, 12. Uh, I, I, don't think, I don't think they've moved from 12 all season. I'm pretty sure they've been 12 all year long. Uh, Auburn Gymnastics currently 0-2 on the road, but you're playing a, an opponent who, of course, ranked lower than you, but... This Auburn team has has struck some gold as of late. They've scored very highly in both losses and in wins. Uh, and this team is going to a podium challenge uh, next week. They got to play against LSU. They're going to have to go against George Washington and Texas women's. Uh, but Auburn getting hot at the right time would be would be awesome. You got and you're going to need all four rotations playing at their best. I say this every. It's the same analysis every weekend. Uh, because it's it's the same thing every weekend. I've got Auburn at fourteen. Fourteen. Uh, so that's yeah. So they've officially like clinched like the national stuff, not that yeah. stuff. Uh, so you, you, after that, you got quad meets, and then you have the SEC championships after the after these next four four get or this this next meet and the quad meet uh, for the podium challenge. But it's the same thing as always. Play your best four rotations. At any given week, Georgia, not a team to bat an eye at because the SEC is very good at gymnastics. They're very good at every sport. And it would just do wonders if, if this team rounded out uh, the season with, with a win before they started getting to the the nit and gritty uh, of, uh, of the season. Of postseason. Absolutely. Wishing them the best of luck. And at this point, Dylan, I mean, where you're at in terms of national rankings – you're not really competing against your opponent as much as you're competing against the floor, like against the actual rotations. Um, and that's, I mean, that's how gymnastics works in the first place. until you get to the postseason. Uh, right now it's, it's about Auburn ironing, iron sharpening iron. And also like who wants to lose to Georgia, not me. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, it is in large focus on yourself, focus on, on making sure that you can take that next step because now is now's the time it is, it is the final, final push to get over the hump. Um, and, and get past any barriers that you may, may be facing, whether that be physical or mental. 
Uh, wishing them the absolute best. Have high expectations for them in the postseason. Very excited to see where they can soar to. And, of course, to round out the show, we have Auburn football. I got some news before we get into spring practice talk. The NFL Combine begins today as we're going to be watching defensive tackles. Uh, and, of course, we're all going to talk to the Auburn players on this show. Uh, Marcus Harris and Justin Rogers will be competing in the Combine today. And then on Friday, tomorrow, you'll see the the more draftable ones. Well, it's Marcus Harris is going to get drafted. But you're going to see DJ James. You're going to see Nehemiah Pritch. You're going to see Jalen Simpson. Uh, I don't, I would love to see if any of these guys could bring their names up into the day one uh, conversations. I think the only one you really have that can do that is uh, Jalen and then maybe Marcus. Uh, but you're going to see a lot of quality day two, day three guys out of this bunch, uh, and especially if, if Marcus Harris slips uh, to like the third round, he's going to make someone pay uh, for skipping out of him for the first two rounds. Uh, and then, of course, A-Day. On April 6th, the time has been announced. Sadly, the weather has not been announced for that that weekend quite yet. But A-Day will be at 1 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time. So prepare well, yourself for the Auburn gauntlet that is A-Day weekend. I will be there. Uh, I will I will be present. Um, also, going to go ahead and plug this, Get put this on everybody's radar. Um, Dylan and I haven't consulted, so I'm just making an executive decision here. We will be giving away two tickets to A-Day again this year. Um, we'll be doing the same thing we did last year for the College Loop podcast, uh, March Madness Bracket Challenge. We'll have that posted as soon as we get to uh, open up brackets, which should be a co- uh, conference championship tournament tournament weeks. We'll open yeah. that up, and it'll be on Capital One Bracket Mania, um, the Capital One Bracket Challenge. So make sure you download the app. Make sure you're prepped on your, your desktop. If you're like me and you like to put it on your big screen so you can take a look at it, um, my roommate and I always cast ours to the TV and we make one as a group and I make like 37 brackets. It's awesome. It'll be one submission. We will give away two tickets on us on the College Loop Podcast. It'll come out of my wallet and Dylan's wallet. Uh, that We will purchase two tickets and send them via digital transfer over to you guys to go to A-Day, winner of the March Madness Bracket Challenge here on the College Loop Podcast. So just going to unplug that. Um, it's cool. This is like the second annual, Dylan. We're going to actually do a second. It's annual now. Yeah, dude. I <laughs> uh, just really hoping and praying that uh, this year's A Day game. Uh, do I want to say more enjoyable or do I want to say less wet? Just not, I just don't want rain, man. I just don't want it to be rainy. How about both? Let's make it a little, let's make it enjoyable and dry. Well, I'm more excited about, respectfully, I'm more excited about the fact that Auburn's hosting Tennessee in baseball that weekend. Yes, they are. And yes. that'll be going on right after the A Day game. Yep. So bring your lawn chair. And you can join the College Loop podcast. Maybe and, we'll throw maybe we'll throw in two Tennessee tickets too. Oh, I got. We'll talk. We'll talk about that. Maybe maybe Dylan and I drop in the comments if you made it this far in the video uh, or in the stream. Tweet at us. Um, yeah, drop in the comments. Should we should we also throw in? Should we throw, make it a, an Auburn gauntlet package? Two tickets to uh, a day. Two tickets to Auburn baseball versus Tennessee. Or get us eight hundred subscribers on YouTube and. I'll make that definite. <laughs> you get us 800 subscribers from YouTube and I'll throw in two softball tickets. Get the whole Auburn gauntlet weekend <laughs> settled right there. Uh, and then lastly, we have on the docket for today, spring practice has begun. We are, as the show comes out, we are on the last day of the first week of Auburn spring practice. And I just want to go over some of the news uh, or some of the things that people have been looking at and have seen uh, this far, starting off quarterback conversation. Uh, Peyton Thorne, Holden Garner uh, practice alongside each other. So it looks like those two are the favorites uh, for that 
quarterback competition, which if you're surprised by that sentiment, uh, you shouldn't be. Uh, incumbent starter and the incumbent second string are definitely going to be the starter and the second string uh, going into the next spring practice. So uh, no shocker there. I know a lot of Hank Brown truthers and, and Walker White uh, uh, fans want to see the two young bucks uh, go out into the field and they're very early on in their careers, but it's probably going to be Peyton Thorne uh, unless he loses the job. But it's going to be Peyton Thorne. Uh, wide receivers, they look good. Uh, and I know it's spring practice, no one's wearing pads yet, but it's always funny looking at the pictures of all the wide receivers standing together. And you're like, you know, the you know, the the, uh, the high school photos, yeah, like, and you see like the uh, the six foot four sophomore, <laughs> yes. and you're like, which one of these guys is a, is a D1 athlete? Yeah, <laughs> all the pictures of Cam Coleman, dude. I have never been so excited about a, about a prospect in my life. Uh, it's been a long time since I've ever felt this uh, like this giddy about about a about an incoming freshman, six foot three at wide receiver, put on and he's put on some muscle. What did I say? Uh, and he's his the picture of him that I'm going to be I'm referring to is in the thumbnail. So uh, mm-hmm. if you want to open up two tabs and like see the thumbnail while we're talking about it, he's gotten big. Uh, and, and just short time of being on campus. That's that SEC weight regimen. <laughs> exactly. Uh, diet. And, and if you didn't think he was going to start uh, from day one, I don't know what's wrong with you, but uh, that is that is an SEC wide receiver right there. That is that is a guy who, I don't want to say it, but that is a guy who can get Auburn a lot of receiving yards in this year. I don't want to say the exact number I want to say, but I'll say he's going to get a lot of receiving yards. And it's going to be also a lot of fun to watch over the summer. Whenever we're gonna, because Bryce Kane also played very well. Robert Lewis, I also heard was very well. So Bryce Kane, uh, another guy I heard a lot about because uh, he's here early. But whenever Malcolm Simmons gets on campus, whenever yep. whenever Perry Thompson gets on campus, and you see all four of those freshmen step on the field, yep. and like, oh, we run in four verts and and in the A college ball twenty five, <laughs> we run in four verts all the time uh, for Auburn, and especially with the tight end that we got Valdo. Uh, going going over people because he was doing that already against his teammates, uh, Moss and folks. Uh, I, uh, Auburn posted a beautiful video of him uh, mossing over, I believe, Caleb Wooden. Uh, so great, great video for Rivaldo Fairweather. Not so great for Caleb Wooden, but Caleb, the guy that's uh, going to do very some very good things. Kind of hard. To, it's safeties rarely do well against tight ends. You, yeah. you have to be like a you have to be an upper echelon like level safety yeah. to even like mess with tight ends right. uh but a uh, caleb wouldn't get there and then last bit we saw because it's strictly offense we heard about this week uh running backs uh you can't really complain about the running backs i know tar you're very high on the running back this running back room it's the same one from last year uh you have some you you opinions on, on the running back room some what some opinions i think mine are pretty based uh i mean you had one that went Viral man, uh, you had a you had a take. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that one. That was that was base too. The comments, I'll never forget those comments. They were hilarious. Uh, but there's running back room. Uh, it looks like they're adjusting very well to Derek Nix. Uh, definitely a player's coach. Uh, if I've ever seen one, and in the running back room, really really meshing well. Because uh, again, this is the same room as last year. It, it's all the way from Jarquez Hunter to Sean Jackson. It's the same same five. Uh, I do think that Jeremiah Cobb has been getting a little bit more reps than than um, than Brian Batie, which not shocker uh, oh. whatsoever. Or I don't know if he's got more reps, but definitely he's gotten more. Can't keep him off the field. Uh, I've also heard. I think uh, Mike G said this. Uh, 
Cobb, also been on the SEC weight regimen. Oh, hell yeah, dude. I'm pumped. That's awesome. <laughs> we run in triple option, run a Jeremiah Cobb at quarterback. Dude, the Someone say Paul Johnson. I, I need to get a passing game coordinator and a run game coordinator for AA25 because uh, I'm going to get uh, I'm going to get the Navy head coach as my as my run game coordinator and I'm going to go get uh, see if I can, I'm going to throw some money at Lincoln Riley and get one of those like pass heavy offenses. There you go. We're just going to run the double quarterback the entire time. My second straight quarterback is Jeremiah Cobb. I like that. No, I like Tri- that. Triple option, four verts. Triple option, four verts. You're not stopping my offense. No, you're not. I, I, and you know what? I love that. I love that for, for you. I, I can't wait to watch you uh, stream that on uh, the War Porsche uh, Gaming Network. Um, so it's going to be a ton of fun. Uh, yeah, yes, really. Good. Yeah, it's going to be a ton of fun. That's going to do it for the show today. We're wrapping it up here. Nice hour, hour eight. Probably going to wind up being an hour 10 after we're done with our little spiel. want to remind everybody to make sure you hit like, subscribe, and ring the bell right here on the College Loop Podcast channel on YouTube. Give us your thoughts in the comments. Want to hear all of your feedback, whether that be good or bad. But let's keep it positive. We had a pretty damn positive show today. Um, this has been the most fun I've had on the sh- uh, show in a long time, guys. Um, Dylan, I'm glad we uh, glad we rocked out today. I hope you had as much fun as I did. I mean, it sincerely. Oh, I did. Uh, let's uh, let's let's keep the ball rolling. Keep the momentum renewed as we head into the month of March. Next time we talk to you guys, it will be the third of March. So we'll be officially into madness season very very excited about that bracket challenge coming soon as i plugged earlier so we'll make sure i'll get that set up for us like i did last year and we will rock and roll and make sure we put that in descriptions too and we'll throw it in the youtube descriptions to make it easy on you guys i want to get the field up to like 300 people this year i think it'd be super super fun we had i think we had almost 100 last year um which shocked oddly enough we had like 75 or 80 i think i think it was like 80 range that's yeah, still i mean like we were we were a young podcast so like that was <laughs> I, I, don't th- I don't think we were just like we were just getting to like 100 yeah. subscribers yeah. which was crazy yeah I know. Also, so, it also helped that our twitter was kind of popping off for a little bit because there, there was that time where the twitter and the uh page oh, yeah, and the, and the, uh, yeah the twitter and the youtube were like the spider-man meme yeah and, yeah. and now uh they're pretty like stagnant right now yeah that's yeah, all right well we're, we're having fun and that's what matters the most that being said, like I said, make sure you like, subscribe, ring the bell, drop a comment right here on the YouTube channel. Go, if you're listening on a streaming platform, make sure you give us a five stars, thumbs up, smiley face, whatever the highest rating of possibility it is on your streaming platform of choice, your preference. So thank you guys for hanging out with us there. All of our descriptions will include the link to the Feeling Loopy t-shirt. So you can head over to warport.com, pick up your very own College Loop podcast, Warport Podcast Network, co-branded Feeling Loopy t-shirt, five different colorways, $25. Use hashtag Feeling Loopy on your favorite social media platform, whatever you prefer, tag us and it. We'll throw it up on the next stream next show. You guys are the best listeners in the world. I hope you guys had as much fun on the show as we did. For the OGs, this one's going to feel feel like you took a step back in time and I hope it's refreshing. <laughs> I am Harrison Tar at by Harrison Tar on the Bird app, at Tar underscore 15 on TikTok. I am now officially making golf content, so I'm plugging that um, on my Instagram as well, at by Harrison Tar um, on Instagram. We've got a, I've got a group of guys who are getting ready to launch a launching my second youtube channel in two years so that's super fun but launching a uh, golf youtube channel where we all are not good but we are certainly having a ton of fun making the content and really excited to share it with you guys that's coming soon we'll drop the name and uh, I'll, I'll definitely plug that once that comes out soon but for now hang out with me check out my new golf golf tiktok that i dropped earlier in the week drew brandon and i alternate shot uh, i sold at one point in the video i won't spoil it go check it out dylan let's get out of here of course, I'm Dylan Lark. I will take on Twitter. Also, coming on Dylan Lark on Instagram as well. Uh, and, and I'm going to copy Tarspiel. Uh, I'm also looking at doing some extra content, uh, doing more football stuff, uh, college football, not just Auburn. As you can tell behind me, I have a lot of hats. 
uh, and those are not all Auburn hats. Those are, I think right now, uh, I think we're getting very close to half of the FBS schools uh, right now. So I want to start doing more college football content. So I don't know when exactly I'll get that off, but Tank Talks Football is the name of the YouTube. I I comment on some videos whenever I'm uh, trying not to uh, get the college weep in trouble. <laughs> whenever I want to go at people. Uh, so you'll see that from time to time. Uh, and also got my, Instagram, I got my TikTok as well. And that's also Tank Talks Football. Uh, but of course, if you want to look for me anywhere else, you have us right here on the College Loop Podcast, where it's like, comment, subscribe, leave your thoughts on what Auburn basketball is going to, what's the record for the last three games of the season are going to be, uh, what are the last, what's the prediction record for women's basketball, and do you, what do you think they can finish in the way tournament? And also football. Do you think that Auburn should incorporate the blue pants into their uniforms this season? What because will I team overall be in, in NCAA, excuse me, EA Sports College Football 25? NCAA 25 is what we're just going to call it, just for simplicity's sake. Uh, but, of course, and if you're tired of seeing our faces, completely get it. I, I feel that way every time I look at Tar. Like, ugh. And I, wish I, could, I wish I could, li- I wish I could, wish I could just listen to the show. We have that option. It's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and, of course, Amazon Music. And, of course, all that being said, this has been the Godly Podcast. Love you guys.